0: TAFE Queensland acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and respect the continuing connection to land, waters, cultures and family that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples uphold. We pay respect to elders past, present and future. We recognise that teaching and learning has taken place on country for over 60,000 years and two-way learning is an important part of our reconciliation journey. Hi, my name is Catherine and I'm the host of the podcast, My Study Journey. In this season, we go on a discovery journey to learn more about Australia's Indigenous culture and listen to inspiring stories of our First Nations peoples and students. You're listening to Connecting Cultures.
1: I threw my hat in the ring to have a go. It wasn't something I thought I'd actually get. I was, I don't know, I suppose in shock. I was proud that I could do something. I could achieve something. I wasn't a nobody, a nothing.
0: You're listening to Camilla Saunders. After an early family breakdown and loss, years of self-doubt and a health scare, Camilla found herself yearning to help others, in particular her Indigenous mob. This is her story.
1: I wasn't very interested in school at all. You know, I went there, I ate my lunch, I socialised with my friends. I actually completed grade 12. I don't know how, but I did manage to finish grade 12. I'd go to school. I'd walk with my mates to school. I'd get to the front gate. Yep, okay, see yous later. And be back there that afternoon to pick them up. I worked out I could do Nan's signature. They weren't ringing home to find out why I wasn't at school, like what are all these absences, because... I had notes. She's sick and had done the signature. But then I think the school got a little bit worried that, well, she seems to be sick all this time. So they actually rang home and sort of like, you know, is she all right because she's, you know. So I did get caught out for having my Clayton's days. And, yeah, like I said, I finished grade 12.
0: Camilla explains she grew up with her loving grandmother in Dolby. I asked her how that came about and if her parents lived close...
1: When I was younger, my father and I we had a great relationship. I went everywhere with dad that I could. Up until would have been grade 6, grade 7 when mum and dad's marriage broke down. Dad went off on his own. He went he'd actually found another partner and it was like he had abandoned me. They eventually had two children of their own, which were two boys. I was a girl and Dad was a very hard disciplinary when we, my sister and I were kids, you know. What we did and got into trouble for, the boys seemed to get away with. They could do whatever they wanted, even still till the day he passed. I felt abandoned by my father. I would stand up and I would speak my mind. I would express how I felt. I would confront Dad about it all and, yeah, I don't know if it drove a wedge or if it did actually make him proud that I was that person with that voice. Dad went with his new partner. Mum actually stayed and lived with us and we lived with Nan. Then Mum got a new partner. They actually got a job up at the Sundays on one of the islands. The choice Mum gave was you either come and live with us, with me, up in the Sundays or you live with your father. And I went, no, I want to live with Nan. No, that's not an option. Anyway, I said, I. Oh, okay, righto. Well, I don't want to leave town because I have all my friends and, you know, Nan's here and, and all of that. I'll go and live with Dad. Knowing full well in my mind that I was living with Nan. I got on the school bus that next morning and I never went back. Finished school, went to school, walked to Nan's and it was actually Nan that rang and said, you, you know, she's not coming home, she's staying here. I knew Nan always had my back. And she was in my corner. My name was my confidence. She was my best friend. She was my hero. We were very, very close. Dad was an only child. I'm the eldest. I was a girl. And it has been said to be by my mother, you know, I was my grandmother's golden haired child because I was probably the daughter she never had, being the firstborn.
0: In the years to follow, after Camilla graduated from high school, she had a child at a young age, became a single mother, moved and worked in various jobs. And in this time, her beloved grandma dies. This was a huge setback for Camilla. I asked her how she moved forward.
1: I did actually find that I had a support network. I did have others that cared that would help me, you know, had my back and whatnot. so, it was like, okay, I need to do something with my life for me. I actually enrolled to do a Cert for in education support with the Cedar Centre here in Toowoomba. I struggled with that to get that done. So I found the support was, you know, wasn't like what I get, you know, I do get here at TAFE. But I did try and stick with it, and then they went into receivership. When they went into receivership, that was the end of it. I came to TAFE to see. If I could roll and do it with TAFE. Being in Toowoomba, there is no education support course. I could either do it externally or I could go to Brisbane. But because I was a single mother with a young child, that wasn't an option on the table. So I actually looked to find out what else I could do, where I could make a difference and help the intervention side of it so it doesn't get to the point where your children are taken. But not only my family, there are other First Nation families out there that don't have an understanding. And, you know, it is the children that suffer. It is a generational thing and there is still trauma going on. A lot of people talk about practising tough love, but then if you don't know where services, where organisations and you are having those problems and you don't know where to find that stuff and it comes into that shame for asking for help. And to me it goes back to that stolen generation times where the children weren't neglected but they were still taken away for, you know, minor things or nothing or for just being black.
0: I asked Camilla about her experiences growing up and if she had much connection to culture. It wasn't until I was in about
1: grade 7 my sister and I found out we were First Nations. And like I said, it comes down to that stolen generation. A lot of families, you know, weren't allowed to speak their language because of the fear of the children being taken away. Dad had told us, you know, we were Kiwis or we were different nationalities because of the stigma and to hide that because of first generations. You know, his grandmother never disclosed because she was a single mother with a number of kids and she didn't want to lose those kids. My children, they know who they are. They know where they come from. I haven't hid that from them at all. It's a sense of identity. If you don't know where you come from, you don't know who you are, where you, you, know, where you come from, where's your identity? Who are you?
0: After Camilla's initial attempts at studying were met with the shutdown of a training organisation, I asked her how the process of enrolling at TAFE Queensland was. So I came in
1: and I spoke to Tammy, the Indigenous Support Officer, We looked at where I could go, what I could do, you know, because I did want to work with Indigenous, you know, families, Indigenous children, Indigenous youth. They get left behind. You know, there's many different challenges that the families meet. So we've looked around and sort of I did look at youth work first. Well, hang on, no. Child, youth and families, that means I can work with a broader range So filled in the enrolment forms, looked at what support I could get with it because I do say I'm a bit of a dinosaur, you know, pen and paper like is my limit. I'm a student, you know, that's got to have that conversation in class but got to be able to put it down. There's no use putting a link on a computer and, you know, here you go because I don't learn that way. That's not my style of learning. It is that pen and paper, you know, and having those discussions. Enrolled, did the orientation, and then I actually found out my dad passed away. I flew into a bit of a panic because, hey, I needed to be at TAFE. I'm starting this journey of my life. I rang Tammy and sort of said about it, and she said, no, you're right, mate, I'll let your teachers know. That was all right. I did get a couple of more phone calls or messages back with Tammy, checking over time at how I was going because I sat at home and thought about it and I thought, no, don't sit and wallow. You can't fix what's happened or you can't do with anything it's happened. Continue on with what you plan to do. So I continued on. I came to TAFE, got stuck into my work. As we were nearing completion of TAFE, Tammy had sort of, you know, hey, mate, this scholarships coming up. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, OK, well, I won't get that. Tammy pushed and, you know, like, I'll help you with it. Make an appointment and come in and, and we'll get in and, you know, you can fill it in and I'll support you on doing it. Off to the office, I went for my appointment, I filled it in. Then Tammy rang me, can you come in, I need to see you. I've came to TAFE and she goes, you know, yeah, what's going on? And she said, have you heard anything about your scholarship? And I just said, well, yeah, no, not yet. I, you know, probably won't sort of thing. And she said, well, I have and opened up the email and read it out to me. And I'd actually sat in her office and I cried because... I threw my hat in the ring to have a go and it wasn't something I thought I'd actually get. I was, I don't know, I suppose in shock. I was proud that I could do something, I could achieve something. I wasn't a nobody, a nothing. In the process of all of, you know, doing the, the TAFE course, but even before I'd even had been awarded the scholarship, I'd actually gone to a NADOC family day here. There was a company set up there and a team member there that was at the stall... I had met previously, she sort of had a bit of a yarn with me about what I was doing, where I was at these days and she said, well, here, fill in an application form. So I filled in an application form for a position. I got a phone call from them. They came back to do some induction stuff and whatnot and then it was sort of like we've got a team leader in mind. They were making me their team leader. So when I informed them that I'd got the scholarship and I was coming back to do my diploma... They have actually really pushed for me. They've been very supportive. Anything that, you know, time that I need to do TAFE, they're very supportive and they're buried behind me as well. So I do actually have a bigger support network than I think I have. You know, I'm actually the team leader of an out-of-home care residential place at the moment. We take... NDIS customers that have been referred to us from child safety that, you know, need that out-of-home care support for a reason that they can't be at their home. I support customers, you know, on going to, you know, mental health appointments, being able to get out in the community and access the community services in social supports and things like that.
0: While Camilla was on her journey, she did have another life-changing moment – Camilla was diagnosed with renal cell carcinoma, cancer and lost her right kidney. She explains to me that she died on the table in surgery but was luckily revived and survived the whole operation. Camilla reflects on her journey of strength and resilience and how her lost loved ones have inspired her.
1: I believe they would be proud of me, proud of what I've achieved from what I've come from. You know, like I said, I had a struggling relationship with dad over the years, as a, you know. But, you know, from what I've achieved, you know, I do feel they're proud. And, you know, I actually believe that they're actually, they walk with me. They're with me on this journey. The day I graduated from my, um, doing my cert for sci fi, you know, I've got all dressed and, ready to go and sort of, you know, a song popped in my head, which was something that dad would play or listen to. And I was like, yep, I've got this. It was a very emotional day for me. When I graduated grade 12, Nan gave me a set of pearls to wear for my school formal. I wore them for my graduation for Dave. So I had that little
0: bit of her with me still. I asked Camilla, what's next?
1: recommend anyone coming to TAFE for someone that you know hated being at school hardly attended school and whatnot but still managed to finish grade 12 you know I have managed to get myself back here and achieve my goals and I'm still kicking goals I've still got a lot more to achieve I'm actually in my mind thinking now when I finish this diploma where to next what can I do next to further my studies? to be able to help, you know, continue helping in the minds and where I'm at.
0: If you've enjoyed this story and want to explore studying at TAFE Queensland, visit us at tafequeensland.edu.au. Click on the international tab at the top of the page... That's T-A-F-E-Q-L-D dot E-D-U dot A-U.